Okay. I'll explain it real quick. Okay. So I'm gonna have some people ask us. Okay. Uh, one person here, Brian. Okay. The whoever Spirit in my lyrics, knowing people hear it, 
they gon' love her, they gon' fear it in it. Ain't how we flow, cause when we show up at our show, they say we goin' so hard in the plate, they can't wait for some more. But some others say we preachy, some closed-minded geeches, like we ain't heard of Marks like a Nietzsche, believe me. If they don't know about us, they don't, they don't know about us. If they don't know about us, they, they, they don't know about us. If they don't know about us, they don't, they don't, they think we dumb, dumb, diddy, dumb, dumb. But they gon' know, they gon' know about us. They gon' know about us. Hey, they gon' know about us. They, they, they gon' know about us. Oh, they gon' know about us. They, they, they gon' know about us. Oh, they gon' know about us. They gon' know about us. Six, two, two, plus, gon' add it up. So thankful that you're here. At no point, <laughs> you're one of love with them. Make it seem like you feel the love. Thank you for coming out tonight, guys. Every Friday, we meet here at 7 o'clock. Elevate! Yeah, that's how we do it. Every Friday night, okay? Um, today was actually um, a day where I wasn't supposed to be here. Um, I was supposed to be out of town, but something had happened where I'm here. So we have a special night for you guys, okay? We got some of our leaders coming and ministering to you guys. So I'm believing God's going to move in such a special, powerful way. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for our leaders serving in the house of the Lord. We just got some quick announcements for you guys. Give me an idea of what we're about. Some things going out throughout the month. Amen. So the first slide we have for you guys, you're going to see every single Friday you come up here. Is our vision. We believe that if we love God with our whole heart, no compromise, and God, whatever you want, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, you can ever love someone saying, if you want this, I'll do it. Baby, baby, if you want that new purse, $300, you nothing. Some of you guys might not talk about that. You shouldn't. But you know what I mean? When you're in love, you just do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you love God and love people, you leave God to a special place. Think about it like this. When you take it out, you take a lamp, 
truck turn out without the deep blood since an outlet? Is it gonna turn on? Not at all. You silly. You know, if you take your fingers and you try to shove it in that way, everything you're gonna feel electricity flowing through your finger. Okay? And so that's what happens. We believe that when you get connected to Jesus, not just just doing Friday night, not just hanging out, but get connected to Jesus, have an encounter with Jesus Christ. You get connected with God in your life. We believe that's something special. We don't just want to leave you hanging. We just want to explain what God is doing in your life. A lot of it's going to be like, I don't know what's going on. You get mentored in the Word of God. Somebody say mentored. And we believe we send you out. One of the great ways that we connect with everyone here is through our life. Somebody say life group. Life group, these past three months, we've been having life group once a month, the third Saturday of the month. And the first month of, I believe it was October, right? We went out to the corn maze and we had a lot of fun with that. Last month in November, we all came to my house, had a lot of food, watched the bulls this month, somebody say, this month, hallelujah, this month we're going ice praise God, it is going to be December 21st, okay, we're going to meet here at the church at 12 p.m., not 12 a.m. at night time, okay, 12 p.m., just in case you guys are thinking we're crazy, it's going to be a nice thing. 12 p.m. afternoon, okay? Bring $7 to rent stage, okay? Um, they don't run a park based on goodwill and hope, okay? They, they need you guys $7, and that'll get you the skate, that'll get you the, uh, the rentals, and you guys are going to have a fun time. Literally, if you don't know how to skate, we can just, like, glide. And it's a lot of fun people are passing you by. You can get competitive. It'll be a good time. And I believe we might have some hot chocolate, maybe, just if We'll have some hot chocolate for you guys. So it's going to be an awesome time. December 21st, meet here at what time? I'm not. 12 p.m. Y'all are going to be $7 worth, amen. Moving on, next slide. Time to be born, time Hallelujah. It's a time of the world as we know it will end. When that is, I don't know. But it is going down. Listen, it's going down. Stand up to your feet for me, please. Come on. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody got serious. Like, he's talking about money. That's, he's talking serious. Everybody got quiet. Look. Uh, I didn't hear no one What's amen. Maybe a couple from Jerry. Praise God. My name's the I'm listening. I'm listening. All right, here we go. It's a little, just an example for you guys, a tie. If you paid $12. And four states yeah. were hustling this week, all right? We just want you were going to through the couch, you know what I mean? Like, I call it a quarter, you know what I mean? $12 in tithe is right what? Somebody raise your hand really quickly, really quickly, really quickly. Steve, I saw you raise your hand. It's a buck 24, is he right? Simon says, it's a buck 24, praise God, come on. We have this uh, verse we want to read out because we believe God blesses us, amen. On account of the we're going to read Acts 20. 35, the of the financial trouble god whether it's with their parents with this one own personal needs god i pray that you would open doors in jesus name father i pray lord that as they trust you that as they love you god as they give god he would bless them back we thank you in jesus name we pray and everybody said come on up as you give come on up as you give and while you're up here stay up here we're going to get ready for worship we're going to worship the Lord in this place. So make your way on up here. Greet your neighbor. Hallelujah.
how it is to worship God, that you would seek your whole heart, that you would search for that truth, that you would seek Jesus' face and let him reveal himself to you. Because he is a good God. And if you have not yet come to know the God of the universe, I just want you to know that he wants to know you because he is a good God. Yeah. 
he's reaching out to each and every one of you in, in his own way, in the way that he seeks each and every one of your hearts. He's reaching out to you specifically in the way that you talk, in the way that you walk, in the way that you move. He comes to you where you are and he comes to you like you are. You're trying to be better, you're trying to be bolder, you're trying to leave it all behind you, but you're doing it alone because you're not calling on the one who can who can release you from your problems because you're not calling on the one who is able to do anything because you're not calling on the one and you're not falling on your knees and you are not reaching out to the God of heaven who loves you. The reason you don't feel him is because he hasn't become real to you because you haven't sought his says I'm right here I've been in your bedroom I've been with you in the nights when you've been alone I've been with you when you're on the phone I've been with you when you think I'm not there and I, you don't really think that I care but I do that's what he says to you I care about you you specifically this is not a joke this is not just something that you just come on a Sunday morning, on a Friday night, and you think you're just gonna be fine the rest of the week. You have to be fed at home. You have to be seeking the one who's sitting on the throne, who gave it all for you. Because this is life and death. This is life and death. Thousands of people are dying in this city, whether in car accidents, drug overdose, being shot, walking down the street, being beaten with a bat. This is real life. And you aren't guaranteed another day to get it right. And we pray to God. We pray to God to save our city. We pray to God to save these souls. We pray to God to save our children. We pray to God to save our friends and our family members. And sometimes, he says, stop looking at the outside and start looking inside because it's all going to start in your heart. And if you're not right before me, I will not know you. So many have come to me and proclaimed my name and I have had to turn them away and said, get away from me, I do not know you. Don't you wanna be known by the Father in heaven? Don't you wanna be known by the one who is in control of your soul? It doesn't matter what your friends think of you at this, on the schoolyard or in the lunchroom because he thinks the most of you the most of you when people put you down he thinks the most of you when when your mom yells at you he thinks the most of you when somebody tells you that you're no good he thinks the most of you he thinks about you all day every day and he says where are they I love them so much so tonight
church thing. Maybe you're new to God. But he's a real God who really loves you. And if there's one thing you take home tonight, I pray that you take home joy that you never had before, peace you never felt before, and a love that burns so deep in your heart that you will never be the same. Refresh us with your rain, God. There's nothing you can't do, God. We look to you in the midst of what we go through in our conflict, God. We come before you, God, and even if we're feeling complacent tonight, God, we are here and we are asking you to come like the rain. So, Lord Jesus, we ask, Lord, that you move tonight in a specific way, in a special way. God, we come open, God, and we ask, God, we are expecting you to move. So, Lord, show up in our lives, Lord God. We ask that you come down like the rain, God, because we need to be refreshed. So, God, we need you more than we needed you yesterday. Lord Jesus, pour out your rain on your people, God, for we are thirsty for more of you, King Jesus. We long for you, God. There's nothing we long for more. We invite you in. Holy Spirit, come in this place. We long for you, God. Let's sing that song again. Let's sing it with authority. God, we invite you in. Holy Spirit, come.
Jesus, we thank you for your presence in this place tonight. We thank you that you are here, that you are speaking to us, God, your people. I ask for willing hearts tonight. I ask for open, receptive, obedient hearts tonight in this place, God, that these hearts would be expecting something from you, God, for you do not disappoint us, God. You show up, God, when we are asking for more of you. You say you, when we seek you, we will find you. I ask that these hearts will be seeking you out tonight in this place. God, our hearts would be ready and prepared to receive the word that you have for each of them individually, specifically tonight, God. We thank you for this time of worship. Holy Spirit, thank you for meeting us here. We welcome you in this place. Make us so sensitive to you and your presence, oh God. We need you, Jesus. We love you, Lord, and we ask all these things in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. Everyone, thank you for worshiping. Give it up for our band. You guys can all grab a seat. myself <laughs> just kidding hi guys give her Vinny on the cues I'm just gonna get organized here I didn't know that they were gonna bring me a bottle of water I'm gonna pick whichever one's not so cold because I actually don't like cold water anyway how you guys doing tonight amen well open up with me to Romans 12 it's on the board or on the screen but why don't you guys turn there if you have your Bibles with you tonight. So how many of you guys know it's good to have your own Bible? There's something about having a real Bible. I mean, it's okay to bring your, your phone with you with your app on it. There's something about having God's word in your hands and you being able to flip through it and just highlight things and note things and seeing, like, it's just different on paper. It's just different. And I want to encourage you guys, if you don't have a Bible, get one. You need one, you can get one here. We can hook you up with one if you don't have the money for it. They're $5, by the way. Anyway, Romans 12. We're going to read it in a minute. But how many of you here know the Hokey Pokey? Anybody know the Hokey Pokey? All right. I need a couple people to come up here and do the Hokey Pokey with me real quick. Just a couple, you know? All right. I got one, two. I see Jonathan. He's wanting this. Jose, of course. Birthday girl, come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Jose, do you want to sing it, or do I have to sing it? You'll sing it? Oh, you don't know the words? Do you know the Hokey Pokey? <laughs> There's only one Hokey Pokey, Jose. <laughs> Which one is it? All right, it goes like this. You guys will stand in a circle, but we'll stand in a half circle. And it goes like, oh, you'll sing it? Oh, volunteer over here. Okay, just, just follow my, my lead, okay? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out, you put your right hand in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Okay, we're gonna keep going. You put your right right foot in, you put your right foot out, you put your right foot in, and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Okay, ready? Then you do your left, and then you do your other left. Then you go, you put your whole self in, you put your whole self out, you put your whole self in, and you shake it all about. You do hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Okay, give it up. You guys are the bomb. Thank you for doing that. That will make sense later, I promise. I promise. Y'all are great. Okay, Romans 12. Living sacrifices. We're just going to go over the first two verses. They are two really powerful verses. All right, Romans 12, verse 1. I'm out of breath. Whew, the hokey pokey. All right. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's pray together. God, we love you in this place, and we just ask that your will be done. God, you speak to me and through me. God, that you would prepare every heart for the word you have for each of them, Lord, that they'd be receptive and obedient to your still small voice. We love you, Jesus. Have your way, and your perfect will be done in this place. Amen. All right, guys. This is a verse that, I mean, maybe some of you have heard it. How many of you have heard this verse before? You've read it many times. Maybe you've memorized it before. Give me a second. I'm not like Pastor Adam. I like to have my notes written out. I like to see the Bible in front of me. You know, it's just different. Like, we're, it's just different. I'm old school that way. But anyway, you guys know the hokey pokey. Now, the whole purpose of us doing the hokey pokey tonight was that last part. Put your whole self in. So God's not asking, oh, but just give me your left arm. I just want your right arm. I just want your left leg, your right leg. No, I want put your whole self in. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And that's the title of my sermon. If you're taking notes, the title is, Put Your Whole Self In. Amen. God desires unconditional surrender. Not just partial. He wants the full thing. He wants all of you. Not just the good things. He wants the good, the bad, the ugly. He wants the deep, dark secrets. He wants all of you. Every single last piece of you. And we're going to talk about that tonight and how we can do that. And like, what exactly does that mean to be a living sacrifice? that sound scary to some of you guys? <laughs> Do you want to be a living sacrifice? It sounds weird, you know? Like, what does that mean? And the word of God is a message to us. So we're going to read this in a way, we're going to break this down in such a way that you're going to understand what the word of God means for you today. Not just back in the day when it was written, but what does it mean now? How can you apply it to your life? Okay, so some of you guys know what an offering is, right? We talk about it. You've seen me up here countless weeks, week after week, talking about announcements and offering. And I'm always telling you guys, give what, God, what belongs to God. Give an offering unto him. Give him your 10% and then give an offering. When you give to God with a willing heart, it opens the floodgates of heaven. And all these blessings will come to you, right? You've heard me say it a million times. Well, it's the same thing. You guys understand that concept of giving an offering. But when God asks us to give ourselves, 
to give an offering of as ourselves, to put your whole self in, that's a lot. That's a lot harder, don't you think? I mean, you can't just put yourself in an envelope, seal it up, and call it a day. You know, you can't go, like, hop in that bucket over there and be like, okay, God, here I am. You know, it's not like that. It's not that simple. It's not a task, just one little thing that you do. It's not some cash you put in an envelope, sign it, and you're good. Oh, God, I did. I paid my penance or whatever. No, God's asking for all of you all the time. He wants you. He wants all of you. Okay, so... It's something for all believers that we can all be reminded of. It's not something that the new believer just needs or the old believer just needs. It's for all believers of all ages, how no, no matter how long you've known the Lord, this is something that we constantly need to be reminded of, that we need to constantly offer ourselves up to God. So how many of you guys understand the concept of, here, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Ah, I'm getting a little excited. I'm sorry. <sighs> All right, so we'll move along here. So God's asking for all of us to be offered up as a living sacrifice. So the Bible says this is our act of worship. Offer yourself up as a living sacrifice, as an act of worship. So, you know, you guys come here on Friday. Sometimes you can come on Sundays, and you worship with us, right? You come here. What did we just do a few minutes ago? We lift up our hands. We sing songs. We were worshiping. But that's not the kind of worship God's talking about right now. How many of you guys know that sometimes you show up to worship? You come, up, you come here? Sure, that's worship, yeah. But how many of you guys know you come where you have sins that still need to be confessed? You have grief in your heart. You have anxiety, depression, frustration. You've got distractions on the mind. You've got fears, anxiety, doubt. You're dealing with all these things. Depression, these things are happening in your mind. And you're coming into worship, but God's asking for all of you but you're over here and your mind's divided by all these things. You're here standing in worship and you're like trying to, you're like, yeah, God, I give you everything, but you're, I'm distracted. I'm bored. God's like saying, come on, I want all of you. And here he is, he's saying, come into my presence. And you can feel him. And he's here and he's asking for you, come on in, come on in. He longs for your presence. And you're just like, I'm okay. You know? All right, so this is what God's saying. He's like, okay, I want your worship. I want a fully surrendered heart. I want all of you. It's not just the left hand or the right hand. It's like, I want all of you in, your whole self to come in. All right, so we're going to move on here. And um, if you have your cell phone now, unless you're on your Bible, I need you to put it away. I'm going to start calling out names. Okay, because this is disrespectful, not, not to me, but to God. I don't care. You can be rude to me, but this is God's house. You're not here to do certain things. You're here for God. So, so I just want to challenge you guys that when you're in worship, do we dare think that we're really worshiping him if we're not giving him all of us? If we're just giving him maybe some of us? Do we even dare to think that that is actually worship if we're not giving him all of us? Because God's requiring, hey, true worship is all of you. And if you're not giving me all of you, that's not real worship. Whew. It's good stuff, guys, and it's going to get better. I know it sounds a little heavy right now. I'm realizing you guys are taking this hard, but it gets better, okay? <laughs> it's not just a song we sing or a sermon we hear or an offering we give. Worship is a lifestyle, amen? Worship is all of you. It's all the time. It's a constant thing. It's what, how you are in the church, out of the church. It's consistent, okay? So it's not just the 45 minutes, 30 minutes that you're up here worshiping God, singing a song, raising your hands. Worship is every day in the church, outside the church. 
All right? So if you're taking notes, the first point is put your whole self in because of his mercy. Because of his mercy. And I titled the point, True Love Is. Have you guys ever seen, is it Princess Bride? That I'm thinking of? But there's a line in the movie that goes, True Love. Yes, I love that part. So I always reference that a lot. Ask Pastor Adam. True love. All right. When, when God's saying, you know, put your whole, we're saying put your whole self in because of his mercy. Now, uh, in the scripture, it says, excuse me, in view of God's mercy, right off the bat, I urge you, brothers. He's saying, no, listen to me. This is serious, guys. Listen, brothers and sisters. In view of God's mercy. So quickly we can, we can like overlook that statement and just be like, oh, that's just a transitional phrase. You know, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Cool, that's the point. But hold on, we're missing the point here. Living, what, what is he saying by in view of God's mercy? That's heavy stuff. When we begin to recognize what God did for us, when we begin to recognize who we are without God, when we begin to realize that we turned our back on God, we rejected him, even when he was longing for us, we said, no, we're good. And God still called us his own. And God said, I love you. Jesus said, I want to take the place. I don't want them to have to die, go to hell. I'm going to come 100% God, 100% man, take their place, pay the price on the cross. So he did it for us. Guys, that's true love. We didn't deserve that. We turned our back on him. We said, no, I'm good. And God still extends mercy. and goes, no, I love you. I still love you. I still want to give you freedom and a life and hope and happiness. I want to give you a purpose. I want to set you free. When we were captive, God set us free. And that, that is what it is. So when we are in view of that, when we're like, wow, God, look who you are. Look what you did for me. That is when we can offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Because if we're just doing these things out of good works and good deeds, it mean, it's meaningless. But when our things that we do, when we're living in such a way to please God because we love him, that's what pleases God. It's not supposed to be out of effort to only earn it. Let me earn my way to heaven. It's not about that. It's about a relationship with God. So when we say, man, Jesus, what you did for me, like, I, I, don't, I don't even know how I could repay you. So God's just asking, I just, I just want all of you. I want all of you. And that's what I'm talking about tonight. Put your whole self in. Jump in. Don't just do, oh, you know what, God? You don't really deserve all of me. But really, the fact is that without him, we're nothing. We have nothing. We have no hope. We have no purpose. We have no reason. There's no purpose at all. But with him, we have everything. Amen. Let me just make sure I didn't skip anything here. Mm, I love it, man. I love thinking about Jesus, what he did on me. Like, when we're in view of that, and we can recognize it, although we didn't deserve it, how he showed us mercy, that's true love. When we, when we spit in his face, turn our back on him and say, no, I'm good, and he still goes after us. He relentlessly pursues us, and we don't deserve him. We don't see him for who he is. Like, that's real love. That's unconditional love because we see love like, oh, you did me bogus. I'm good. You know, like whatever. Or I'm going to fight that girl because whatever. Or that guy, I'm over it. Or I'm going to shoot him up because whatever. I don't like what color she's wearing. So it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? So we're in a hateful world, but we're so used to being like, you did me wrong, so that's what you deserve. Right? 
God didn't give us what we deserved. He gave us mercy. He extended us love. That's true love. And that only that kind of love can come from God. And if you find that love in a person, it's because they have God. That love cannot be found or sourced anywhere else but through Jesus Christ, through what he did on the cross. I just feel like I had to emphasize that tonight because we're all in need of that love. Every one of us falls short. Every single one of us. We sin. We need Jesus. Without him, we are without. We need him. So he took the place. He said, I'm I'm, ta- I'm paying the price once and for all. I'm paying it for all of you. So that's true love. That can only come from God. My second point, put your whole self in as a living sacrifice. I titled this point, Give It Up. I like. If you guys know me, if you've been around me, I like to go like this sometimes, <laughs> a lot of the time. Put your whole self in as a living sacrifice. I'm going to pull it up on Google here. No, I'm going to, yes, I'm sorry. I'm putting up the definition of sacrifice, but in a few minutes, I'll put that song on, okay? No problem. Oh, man, sacrifice. I'm just going to break this down because I know a lot of you are thinking like Old Testament, like slaughter the calf, you know, like I don't want to do this. Am I going to be, whatever, I'm not going to get too graphic here. But there is a definition for that, but the definition we're going for is, hmm, an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important or worthy. So you're giving, basically saying, you're giving up something good and important and valuable to you for something more valuable. More valuable. Can you think about that? That's sacrifice. That's like saying, man, this means so much to me. I don't want to let go of this, but I'm going to let go of it. Like, if you pay a certain amount of money, like, man, you work so hard for that money, you want to let it go, whatever. I'm not talking about, like, I sacrificed my allowance to buy you hot Cheetos. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking, like, you worked for years to save this amount of money or something, and you want to put it down for some investment, and you're, like, you put it in there. You sacrifice this time and energy and all this, and you put it in, and you're, you're sacrificing your time yourself for something. Like parents, they sacrifice their time, their energy, their resources for their kids. Those things are valuable, but they give it up to invest in their children because that's more valuable. You guys see that? That is what sacrifice is. So you, it's like being selfless, like, okay, whatever. And so that's what sacrifice is. And I was doing a little more research, and I came across this, and I really wasn't looking for it. But I found out, like, in Latin, the word for sacrifice is Sacrifium. The root word of sacrifium is saker, S-A-C-E-R. That word means holy. So in order for there to be sacrifice, it needs to be holy. You guys get that? So that might not be for all you, and not, maybe you're not all Bible scholars, but that's deep. Back in Latin, that's like, I don't even know how many years ago that word was made. But when that word was originally used, it was created to say that something holy, the word sacrifice was made, period. Because it meant giving up something valuable, something holy for something better. That's good stuff. God is saying, give it up and give it to me. Give it up and give it to me. The things you hold on to that you think have so much value, he's saying, give it up and give it to me. Trust in me. 
And oftentimes we think, okay, Old Testament, slaughter the calf, you know, like the blood and gore. But the reason they did that is because they had to, they, they sinned, right? In the Old Testament, Jesus had not come onto earth yet. So I'll give you guys a little bit of a timeline. Back, back, at the beginning of the Bible, Jesus had not come. Jesus comes in the New Testament. That is when he dies on the cross and pays, you know, dies on the cross, takes our place for our sin. Before that was possible, the, re- the way to get redemption from sin was to offer up a sacrifice, so an animal. And you had to take like a, a blemish-free, that means the most perfect animal you could find, and you offer that up to God saying, here, this is our like most valuable lamb. We could sell and get lots of money, but we know we need to be cleansed from our sins, so we're offering this up to you. But Jesus was like, no, 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 no. I'm coming to earth. These people need a savior, so I'm going to be that. I'm tired of all the sacrifices and all this stuff. I want to make a way so that everyone can come to know my father. So I'm going to come perfect as the only way. He was the only way we could be free. So he came, and he took our place. He said, I'm paying for the sins of all mankind forever, for eternity. I'm paying, and I'm taking it upon myself. So he did that. So because Jesus did that, we don't have to offer up these sacrifices anymore because Jesus was the sacrifice. Does everyone understand? That's big. Jesus was a sacrifice. He said, no, I don't know. No more of this. I'm just going to be that sacrifice. I'm perfect. I'm blameless. I'm not, I'm going to take the place. So Jesus in his complete hundred percent God, hundred percent man took our place. I think that's beautiful. And then when you think about the word sacrifice, he sacrificed himself. God was holy. Bible scholars, I'm thinking about that word, that root word, sacred, right now. Like, God was holy. And because of what he did, I think that's where the word came from. God basically sent, he sent Jesus, and he, he took our place. So Paul is clarifying when he says this up on, uh, in the verse. He's saying, offer yourself up as a living sacrifice. Okay, so he's not saying, like, a dead animal, offer up a dead animal. How many of you guys know, like, a dead animal doesn't mean much to you? You don't. I mean, yeah, maybe if it was your puppy, it'd be really sad. But after that, it's done. I know, I really do love dogs, so I'm sorry that was a little rough. But anyway, I really do love dogs. <laughs> okay, so, but, God, but guys, Paul here, he wrote this, this letter. He's saying, offer yourself up as a living sacrifice. And he's clarifying, God doesn't require a dead sacrifice like he did in the Old Testament. But he requires a living sacrifice A dead sacrifice doesn't cost you much, but a living sacrifice will cost you something. That is the difference. So that word should not be overlooked. I know it sounds scary when you first read living sacrifice, but when you hear a sacrifice, it's something you're offering up in hopes for something more, something you value and hope for something better. And then you read living and you're like, living? Talking about you. You're the living sacrifice. Put your whole self in. <sighs> Jesus made the way so that we didn't have to pay, or so we didn't have to make these dead animal sacrifices to pay for our sins. He said, I'm gonna pay for it once and for all. He was a sacrifice. When we acknowledge him and what he did and who he is, he is our savior. He's the only savior. And when we know and understand that he saved us, that is when our relationship with him begins. When we say, God, Jesus, I see that you are the only way. I know that you are it. I know that without you, I would be nothing. I'd be nothing but a sinner. So when we see what Jesus did, we acknowledge that we are, when we are in view of God's mercy, that basically means this. When we see God for who he is, when we see that he is love, that he 
sent Jesus. He took our place. We're like, man, God, who am I without you? I, I love you. How many of you guys have experienced that before? Have you ever felt like, man, God, I, who am I without you? Like, I mean, I feel like most Christians have experienced that. So when, when we forget that, we can so easily get caught up. We can so easily be like, God, I'm just putting my toe in right now. I don't really feel like putting everything in. But when we are truly in view of his mercy, that's why this message is for everyone because we can so easily forget in the motions of our life, getting busy. You guys have school. You guys are always in school. And then you go home and you have homework. And then you have your friends and you have your drama. You fight with your parents and your siblings. And then you got to do this and da-da-da-da. I know you guys, your life's hard. It's hard. I know. I was there. But it gets harder. That's the thing. It only gets harder. That is the bottom line. High school is hard. I, I'll give you that. But it only gets harder. Okay? So I want, I'm just encouraging you guys, enjoy it now. But also, take this time to just build your foundation in Jesus. Don't waste time. Don't make foolish mistakes. When you know something's wrong, I, I just feel like you guys could spare yourself so much grief. So much pain, so much baggage, so many regrets. Just jump on in, put your whole self in, okay? And give it to Jesus and don't hold back. Let us never forget what Jesus did for us and who we would be, where we would be without him. I'm almost done. I have a couple more points. My third point, put your whole self in all the time. I titled this point, Timey Wimey. So only Pastor Adam will probably know what that means, but it basically is saying we need to put ourselves in all the time. Not just sometimes and not just on Fridays, not just on Sundays, but all the time. Like I mentioned before, worship, putting your whole self in, is an all the day, all the day long, everyday thing. It's a continuous action, an everyday experience. It's the sanctuary versus your whole life. It's not just here. It's your whole life, who you are. Out in the real world, you know, what are you doing when you have a task to do, a relationship that you're in, job, school, problem? What where does your worship look like in your successes and in your failures? You know, it's a decision we make. You know, we make these decisions and it's like, are you making decisions that are like, God, I love you? Or are you only in church worshiping God, playing the game? Because God knows, and that's really what matters. God knows. He can see right through you. It does not matter what I think or what any of our leaders, Pastor Adam. What God sees, though, is the final say. So you guys need to remember that. It's not about pleasing your leaders or pleasing man or answering the phone and being like, yeah, I'm doing good. I just don't want to talk to you right now. Like, whatever. You know, No, guys, we are here to help you and run alongside you. But whether you're going to play the game and try to trick us or not, God knows. And that's the one you're going to stand before. So that is what you need to remember is that, Ultimately, God's going to know, like, hey, you were warned. Pastor Christina definitely warned you. So, you know, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not kidding at all, actually. But anyway, you guys, all the time, whatever it is, whether it's a task or in your failures, always live a lifestyle of worship unto God, a lifestyle that is holy and pleasing to God. That is your spiritual act of worship. It's either all or nothing. Put your whole self in, put your whole self out. Point number four, put your whole self in to be transformed. I named this one, holiness is beautiful. There's no real method to my madness in this as far as the, the names of my points. 
just wanted to come up with something catchy, but holiness is beautiful. I love that. My friend said that one time. That's not anywhere in the Bible. But I was like, man, that should be in the Bible. (laughs) That was so good. And it's just been like a life thing for me because I'm like, oftentimes we just get so caught up in like these corny Christians or that's cheesy or I don't want to be like that Christian because I don't want to look my Facebook to look like that and I don't like those Christian songs and Caleb bothers me. (sighs) Seriously. But this is my bottom line. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. When we look at verse 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then and only then will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. Now, how many of you want to experience a good, pleasing, perfect will? If God's will is good and it's perfect... How many of you want to be a part of that? <laughs> I know I do. I'm like, man, God, I want a good, I want a perfect will. I, if that's what you have for me, I want it. Yes. I don't want to have to worry about it. If you have a good will, if you have the plan, I'm, I'm on board. But the Bible is telling us here, right here, Paul's saying, you'll be able to know what that will is when you don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, when you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation here is the method of worship. When we're transformed, we're not like this world any longer and we're like Jesus and we're living holy and pleasing to him, that's how we're going to know because our minds will be renewed. We won't be wired anymore. You guys understand something? You guys are wired. You're wired and you're conditioned, all of you. If you didn't grow up knowing God, and even if you did, you were still affected by this. You are living in a culture that's very dark, a secular culture. This is not a Christian society. We have freedom to do whatever. So you guys aren't living in a Christian society. Okay? You're living in a secular society. You are surrounded by media and culture and influences that don't love Jesus. So all that you have ever known and seen are people that don't love Jesus and reflect the darkness. Because if Jesus is light, then everything else is darkness. It's one or the other. It's hot or cold. It's not lukewarm. So all of you guys have been surrounded by that, and your mind has been conditioned to think that this is what beauty is, and this is what fun is, and this is what this is, and da 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 And you don't know. You guys don't know the difference. So what this is saying is that you need to be transformed, that your mind has been conditioned, but I can, this, you can be transformed. How do you do that? You're like, okay, well now what? Now I know, but my mind's all jacked up, but now what? And that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that was the devil's plan. He has gone out, he's tried to infiltrate and he has, and it affects all of us to a certain degree. So now we need to think, okay, well, how do I do that? Hmm. We need to be transformed and set apart, guys. Starts off by, it's making a decision, okay? It's making a decision to live for him, acknowledging in view of God's mercy. In view of God's mercy, we're offering ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our spiritual act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. That means be set apart. Your friends are sinning, don't sin. If you sin, get back up and live holy. That's the thing. You're not expected to be perfect. And I know a lot of you times I've heard from a lot of you, you feel the pressure. I'm going to keep falling. I'm going to keep messing up. I'm going to keep making mistakes. So do I. But I'm still loving Jesus. I'm still holy and blameless. And that is because when I mess up, I get back up and I live holy. The difference is the true act of worship here is when you say, I'm going to confess my sin and I'm going re- to repent. I'm going to confess and I'm going to move forward. So the whole thing is when you confess your sin The act of repentance literally means to turn around. So when you say, okay, I'm sinning, I'm sinning, God, 
I'm sinning. Forgive me of this sin. I'm not going to do it anymore. That's what it is. One of the most encouraging things I've heard in my, my walk with God is when I've been accountable to my, you know, my leaders or my friends. And I'm like, man, I'm really struggling and I can't believe this happened again. Whatever, blah, 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 blah. I'm so mad at myself. And she's like, just get back up and live holy. I'm like, okay. Okay. That's it, guys. You don't have to beat yourself up. But you do need to be accountable. But you've got to get back up and live holy. The primary goal of worship is transformation. We need our minds to be rewired. We don't want to be, you know, because I always think that, you know, you think about these corny Christians. I know there's a line in Andy Mineo's song. I know Isis knows it. Aaliyah knows it. Okay, most of you know it. And I will. so tempted to do it, but I'm not going to do it. But it goes, man, would one of you do it? Okay. <laughs> corny Christians keep your distance. Buy a ticket to a concert. I'll stop right there. But anyway, I just always think, I love that part because I'm like, yeah, so many Christians are corning and they know what to say and they know how to say it and they just be like these Christians and then they're living this other life and you're like, oh, so annoying. But anyway, the whole thing is this, corny Christians keep your distance. Corny Christians keep your distance. No one wants to be around a corny Christian. But what about authentic Christians, people who are living holy? Don't you want to be around someone who's genuine and pure-hearted, that loves God, that's selfless, that loves people? That's good. And you know what? That's beautiful. Holiness is beautiful. When we love God and our actions reflect that love, when we're saying, I'm all in, I'm putting my whole self in no matter what it costs me, that's beautiful. And the world will see that. Even when we fall short, like I said earlier, even in our failures, we can be set apart. Even in our successes, we can be set apart. Just because we're successful doesn't mean we're like the world. Just because we failed doesn't mean we failed God. No, it is saying that our choices, how we act, because we love God, that overflow in our lives because we're putting our whole self in, that reflection of who God is in us is beautiful. And we want the world to know that beauty. So that is our testimony. And it's not always like this thing, like, how do I do it? How do I do it? God, just put your whole self in. Put your whole self in and be obedient to God. Hmm, why don't you guys stand with me, please? If I could get the keys. I don't know where he is, but... Well, we'll, we'll just stand for a few minutes. It's okay. I'm not totally done. But transformation is only done with surrender. When we surrender to God and we're saying, God, I don't, I don't know how to be transformed. How do I be transformed? God, here I am. How do I put my whole self in? I don't even know how. I'm just a baby Christian or, man, I keep messing up. How do we do that? We do that by surrendering unto God. We surrender everything and we say, okay, putting my whole self in. Here I am, God. I have, here's the good, the bad, the ugly. You can have it all. Worship is offering ourselves to God. There's a story I want to share with you guys. It's about, it's an old story. It's very short, but it's very, very interesting to think about and how it applies to you guys today. But in the 1900s, the early 1900s, the way that their society was set up with um, different things was very different than us, right? So they, for their post office, yeah, Vinny's here. Yay. So with their post office, it wasn't like today where your package gets brought to your door and it's like ding dong, FedEx, UPS guy. They're all like, here, here you go, here's your package. No, it was like things got shipped to post offices in like central towns and locations and you'd have to go to that 
location to say, hey, did I get a package? Because if you got a package, you didn't order it online. You were probably like, hey, someone's sending me something. I know it's coming. Let me go check that's here. So they would go and they would check. One time this package arrived and no one claimed it. No one showed up. No one arrived. And years went by. This thing just stayed there. No one opened it. It just stayed right there. And eventually the town changed and things moved and shifted and post office was closed or moved or whatever but the building moved and so everything inside was either sold or auctioned off given away and that box that package was sold or auctioned off and the person who opened it the person who bought it they paid hardly anything for it they opened it up and there was these like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of English money just notes tons of paper money and they were like man I probably paid like a nickel for this and I'm getting like I, I hit the jackpot and I'm pointing this out today because this guy I mean whoever this package belonged to they easily could have just showed up and there's a small a small fee that they had to pay so they had to pay a small fee to get the package right but the guy maybe he didn't know about the package but maybe he just didn't want to pay that fee he's like I don't know what this is why do I, I'm not paying money for that. I didn't ask for it. We, and they just leave it by the wayside and they left it for years and years. People probably use it as a footstool, a bookend, all kinds of things because no one ever opened it. So when we think about, man, he just didn't want to give up the little money, that little, little money for all that treasure. And sometimes that's us. Sometimes we hold on to the things in our hearts, the things that hurt, the, our past, our addictions, our wants, that relationship, that certain habit you don't want to quit because it's fun, that lifestyle you just are indulging in. We want to hold on to those things because it means something to us because we're enjoying it. We're having fun. It makes me feel good. But when we let go and we put our whole self in and we say, God, I don't care what it costs me. I know this is a sacrifice. I'm going to put my whole self in. I don't care what my friends say. I don't care what my parents, my family thinks of me anymore. I'm putting my whole self in. That's what we're talking about today. And this doesn't just apply to some of you guys. This really applies to all of us. I kind of really, I tend to preach messages that apply to everybody. I don't really think that anyone's above anything, you know. We're all, no matter where you are and you walk with God, you, we will always be reminded, we will always need to be reminded that we need to put our whole self in because life gets busy, we get distracted. Sometimes we just put in some of us, but God's asking for all of us. So how do you put your whole self in? It's easy. Three things I put down. Word of God, read your Bible. Read your Bible. You're not meant to do it on your own. How do you renew your mind? How do you surrender? Read your word. Second, prayer. Quality time with God. You can feel his presence. You don't have to be here. You can just enter in on your own. Guys, if you have questions and you want prayer and you want to go further, talk to one of our leaders about this. Be like, hey, I'm really having a hard time giving up this. I really don't know how to stop doing this. We want to be there for you. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you in agreement and say, yes, you can. Jesus has made the way. You can be free. And we and just daily, guys, daily. Let's say you're doing good, you know, or maybe you're falling short a little bit here and there. We daily need to acknowledge Jesus, our need for him. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to help us and to teach us as a guide. And the Holy Spirit is like my best friend, okay? 
The Holy Spirit's purpose isn't to just condemn you or make you feel guilty about stuff. The Holy Spirit's purpose, okay, you can hold that for me. The Holy Spirit's purpose is to guide you. So when you're feeling that conviction that's hugging your heart, it wasn't meant to be like, oh, you, you messed up again. Look, you can't do it. When you hear those things in your mind, those negative things, that's not from God, that's not from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's purpose was to help us. So when you feel that conviction in your heart, the fact that you feel conviction is a good thing. Don't run from it. Say, okay, Holy Spirit, now what? That's when you confess your sin. That's when you get back up and live holy. But guys, that Holy Spirit's job is to say like, okay, you're going on the right way. And then you start going off the Holy Spirit's like, come back, come back. Don't fall off track. You're going, you're going the right way. And all of a sudden you're going the wrong way. That conviction is what keeps you God's perfect, holy, pleasing will. That's how you can have the renewed mind, by listening to the Holy Spirit. So if you guys don't know God's voice, we want to help you understand how to hear his voice, guys. Tonight, I just want to open up these altars. I'm going to pray for you all, and then I'm going to invite you up. But I want you just to come, get alone with God. And the Holy Spirit's already working in some of you, telling you the specific thing or issue that you're still holding on to, that you're not willing to sacrifice and fully surrender unto God. So whatever that is tonight, make it tonight. Make it tonight. And maybe you've tried to give this up before and you feel like, what's the point if I have to keep coming up trying to let go of the same thing? God can do it. When you come with a willing heart, he will do it. So, Lord, we come before you and you know every issue, God. You know everything, God. And we all need you. We all need to put our whole self in. So, Lord, I just ask that our hearts will be moldable like clay, Jesus. That we'd be so willing to let you move in us, Lord Jesus. That we wouldn't be too proud to say we're dealing with something. We wouldn't be too proud to come up, God, and kneel at your feet. In view of your mercy, God, we are undone by your love. Jesus, who are we without your presence and your forgiveness and your mercy, God? We love you in this place. We thank you for who you are, God. And we just ask that chains be broken tonight, God, that people would put their whole self in without holding anything back, Lord God. Have your way in this place, Lord Jesus. We ask this in your name. Lord, and I, guys, just want to invite you up. Find a place, hit the altar, and pray. Um, leaders, you want to pray, you can. If you're not praying, feel free to pray. Please do pray for the students. As we let go, we respond to you tonight. We respond to you tonight. Oh, yes, Lord. We respond to you. Oh, 
never be the same, oh, I never want to be the same, oh, Holy Spirit, would you help me, would you help me, Lord, would you help me, Lord, oh, Lord, I give you my mind, I give you my heart, God, I give you my whole self, God, I need your help, Holy Spirit, come, come and touch my mind. Come renew me, Lord. Every part, God. God, every part. Every part, God. We surrender back to you. Holy Spirit. we 
world has nothing for me. I will come on in closing. Would you sing that with me? This world has nothing for I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. Come on, begin to lift your voice. Sing it. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Come on, in closing, everybody, would you stand to your feet? Come on, let's sing this out with a declaration of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on, sing this world. This world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Jesus Christ. Come on. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would transform our minds to see that. Nothing else will compare to you, Jesus. God, we thank you for tonight. God, we thank you for the word from Pastor Christina. God, we pray, Lord, that we wouldn't so easily forget it, God. It wouldn't go in one ear and out the other, but God, it would pierce our hearts. That your word this week, God, for the rest of our life would pierce our hearts, God. That we'd offer our whole self. That we wouldn't hold anything back from you, God. This living sacrifice is holy and pleasing. God, we thank you for tonight. Lord, bless our time of fellowship. Bless everyone as they head back home. God, may they reflect the life that you want them to live, God. This week, let it start this week, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, and somebody said amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise here tonight. Come on. If amen, why don't you greet your neighbor? Why don't you greet your neighbor?
give me that. Give me that. Give me that. Absolutely, you can give me that. If it's mine, if it's good for me, I want it all. <laughs> give me that Bible. Give me that mic, I'll drop Jesus in it, wait so we can make our disciple. Can't surpass Christ, there's no taking his title. A passion for Christ, I'll have you praying for revival. Give me my city, yeah, give me that. Less fish, gospel of peace, yeah, you can give me that. Fresh kicks, give me that. Rest with your blessing, Lord, I'm desperate. You gave me your life, so I look forward to my exit. I used to be a punk kid, used to born to run with. Dudes who want to hunt, the turn out ones in the hundreds. Used to want to blunt, to be blunt, I want to Trees just to alter my mind. Now I find I'm wanting Jesus. Used to wanna roll mad deep on a street clip. Wanna hold the heat on the low like a secret. Got spirit penetrated my soul on the sneak tip. Took control, now I'm in the soul like a leaflet. Give me that fire, give me that flame. Give me that fresh wind, give me that rain. Give me that freedom, you can have the chains. Give me that God, you can give me all things. Give me that fire. a big party, you're partying all night, you don't mind not knowing Christ, in your mind that's alright, you might not get this now, but you're kind of a sore type, you keep with the trends, cool's your middle name, on your pants you got a chain, that truth like little Wayne, you're tattooed in a bend, maybe you're in a range, ladies you driving crazy, nothing's crazier than your frame, this is a shame, it's the age and I'm game, to be an agent of change, in the age, it's like a page in a flame, just smoke, just mirrors, just vaporous flame, let's see your only God's not one of your favorite things. I was just like you, but God moved on a fellow. Gave me good news that I could use on the ghetto. Maybe it's you who wants to you turn to settle. You're dead if you do, I'll tell you, you it's been settled. Give me that fire, give me that flame. Give me that fresh wind, give me that rain. Give me that freedom, you can have the chains. Give me that God, you can give me all things. Give me that fire, flame. Give me that fresh wind. If you're sick and falling short, then he got a cure. Give me that cure, that door, that hero. Give me that grace to never chase the done Nero. How much glory should you give your boy zero? That will cause beef with the lamb like a yiddo. Give me that day we choose you over shining. Truth over rhyming, virtue over diamonds. Give me some change, sometimes I do need the dough. And give me some.